Number one then, and number one now. You're listening to Heffron and Reed. Heffron and Reed. Rated number one podcast by the World Podcasting Federation and the Podcast Ranking Association. No, for real. It says it right here. Lock it in and rip the knob off. You're tuned in to number one show on the planet. The Heffron and Reap Show. Hey, everybody. It is John Heffron and John Reap. That's right. Yeah. You were kind of uh, Mike was kind of out for a second, then it came on. That's John Heffron, and I'm John Reap. That's what he was trying to say. That's right, what I meant. That's what I meant to say. Uh, we are comedians, you know? Well, yeah. Sometimes we don't stay in our lane. You know what we're saying? Oh. Sometimes we have opinions about life, and we just say them, but we don't stay in our lane. I don't know. Um, dude, Why is saving your lane a thing anyway? I mean, there's more than one lane. I mean, I if you've ever been on the interstate, there's several lanes. There's not just one lane. I don't you know? understand. You're supposed to stay in your lane, right? I get that all the time if you make any type of not even political. I like almost yeah. walking the line is a funnier way to do things. And then you get just everyone mad. But stay in your lane makes no sense. We're like, what's your lane? Like, well, first so of all, you're it, not implies, to- it implies that we have our own lane, which that's nice. I don't, I can't afford is, that. Right. Do we have to have our own sticker? Is it like a carpool lane where only we're right. allowed in it? We're supposed to stay in it. But then right. why usually people tell you to stay in a lane. You could look at them and go, Hey, you put tires on a car. Why don't you stay in your lane? See how, how like right. that sounds. Yeah. You're that only allowed to talk tire. about, you're only allowed to talk about changing tires, dude. That's it. Nothing else yeah, matters. So everybody could should to could technically have to stay in their lane unless right. you're a political person who talked about political stuff then your lane is actually talking about i don't get it i don't get it it's exhausting <laughs> right. right i hate it's change, exhausting i hate changing um, your lane in your, in your lane people so we'll get into that maybe what uh, else? i almost got a little argument with somebody online right before the show started and then i decided that it's not necessary okay uh i was before do you want to bring your guest on First, and then well, we let's, just have uh, all these conversations. Do, should we tease everything we're going to do or just start doing stuff? Sometimes okay. I like to, yeah. Tease it? I mean, like, what are we, What? what's this? Is, in case someone's just tuning in, just, and they're like, well, do I want to listen to this whole thing? What can they look forward to this episode? You know what I'm saying? Um, ooh, well, what can they look forward to? Well, I think we should talk about our weekends. Uh, weekend. Uh, talk about uh, Halloween. Maybe I have some uh, information about uh, some computer stuff that should scare everybody. Oh, that's good. Is when you bait people. Yeah. You bait people. To, you, you, fear is the thing that gets people to listen. Dude, you're a master at that. So so you bait people. You're so a master baiter. We're good at that. Yeah. Uh, but my fight real quick, because this week, uh, this weekend, um, I am at the or just Thursday night. Whatever, uh, whatever Thursday is the twenty eighth something. Um, I'm at the Traverse City Comedy Club, which is in Traverse City, Michigan, which mm-hmm. is way up north, and was originally going up there just for a little vacay, and then a brand new comedy club popped up. So I'm just doing a Thursday night. Boom. Um, also at the Comedy Castle, November eleventh through thirteenth. But my thing is, somebody wrote a picture underneath me, or wrote underneath me on the Traverse City comedy club thing going you guys have been open for a few weeks now i get it 
when are you going to start bringing in big comedians? Like, so this, so this guy was like, okay, we know you're new. You've been open for two weeks. When are you bringing in the big comedians? Mm -hmm. These no name people are pathetic. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. And then it was a couple headliners that I didn't know. And then I'm there. Right. So I underneath him asked him what, what regulates what a, a a big comedian is. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then I go, let me guess. I go, they have to be on Rogan's podcast. You have to see him on Netflix. And I listed all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I go, you were just asking for it. I go, Hmm. I check off on every one of those boxes. And I go, (laughs) and then I went off about, you know what? You probably want to say Tom Saruga, Theo Vaughn, you're probably going to say Chappelle. <laughs> Tom Saruga. Say, I, and then I go, but you notice when you see him online, they're performing in front of 20,000 people. The Traverse City Comedy Club holds 143 people. Right. Are you that bad at math in business? Right. Right. Think about what you're saying for a second. Right. Before you were, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And unless then, you want, then, unless you want tickets to be uh, $500 a ticket. Yeah, and then you're getting complaint. And then the, so and then then I deleted all of that. I can't yeah. roll into a brand new comic club being because that's not even my personality. Mm-hmm. Just to pick fights before you show up at a show. That's not me. Not with fans. You like to do it with the venues. Wasn't a fan. He was like, hey, when, where's these things? How about well, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh just, okay. I I, I, yeah, I get it. That's it sucks. I, actually, I got, in every city. I got my first hate mail, uh hate voicemail. Which um, uh, we didn't talk about this pre-show, but I could while we're talking to our guest or something else. I could send it to Alan. It's it's a death threat. Send it. Send it to Alan. Okay. So we hear it, and then right. we can timestamp it. But do you want to bring on our guest? Yeah, I think we should. We have a guest. Uh, I gave him more than thirty seconds of notice. Uh, thirty minutes. That's what he requires to be a guest on the show. Uh, the guy, um, you probably hear him all the time on, on what's the show? Wait, wait, there's more on NPR. Is that a thing? That's the thing. That's what he's on. I know he was a winner last comic standing. Boom. That's season three. The one I had no chance of winning. He, he was also a judge also, the season I won. He also was a judge. He also tours all the time. Wait, wait, don't tell me. That's the name of the show. He's been mm-hmm. on everything. One of the best buds. His Dude. name's Alonzo Bowden. Hey! That's right. I helped discover John Reap. America. Yeah. This yeah, is true. <laughs> he you helped. Uh, I mean, honestly, in a weird way, yes, because I was asking, like, I was nervous. I'm like, hey, man, I remember you were the judge, and I was uh, outside. This was, like, uh, at the improv in, on Melrose, and I'm like, what? I was asking you for some advice or something. You're like, just don't worry. Just be you. You're going to be fine. <laughs> hey, yeah, actually, well, it was I nice. Mean, you- you're a pro, right? I mean, those initial auditions, the the two minute 
daytime to the five minute nighttime. I, I didn't really think you'd have a problem with that. Yeah. I didn't think you. <laughs> you actually did me a favor too, you and Kathleen Madigan. I was in the middle of this was, uh, I think, yes, this was where I was just performing for you guys, which is always awkward. Right. When another That's comedian. The afternoon thing. Yeah. And I was, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bring it. I'm just going to do this bit like it's sold out. And I was like, a minute into it, and both of you were like, save it, save it, you're fine, you're going on, just, we don't, just save it. I'm like, oh, thank God, because that's awkward, like, selling a bit in front of uh, just another comedian that's just three of you. I got to say, that's the only time, or maybe that's the closest I've come to casting. You know, we've all done auditions, right, where you do the casting thing, and and it is weird being on the other side of the table. I think the funniest thing was seeing how many people we're doing the same bits, not, not same, like right. stolen, but you know, the same topics mm-hmm. or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, they, that was one of the things that you did and that smart people did in the, the audition. You got to sell it. You got to, you know, it's, it's still TV. So you got to act like you give a shit, you know? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I did. We, I was in one guy and in, uh, you know, Chuck nice. Oh my gosh. Out of New York. Chuck, Chuck's really cool. So Chuck was in there doing the audition and joking around and talking with us. And then we were like, Chuck, you're going to do material. He's like, wait, this is it. Like he thought he just came in. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. funny. He was just talking. It was like, Chuck, you got to like, yeah, there's cameras. You're doing stand up. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That's funny. When I was in Nashville, uh, and had audition, it was weird. Um, there was a line to get in. So I, I I was flying somewhere and I took a cab to Zany's and then I, I didn't cut in front of the line, but I had, I could, I had an audition. I didn't have to wait in line. Right. So I kind of took cuts in front of people who were sleeping outside. So a, a bunch of comics said something to me and then I went in and the two guys, the guys who passed you to the next round were these guys named Bob and Ross. Um, and they're just sitting, Bob and Ross, and I've known them forever, right? So they're just sitting in the middle of this comedy club. And it'd be like, I've known them so well that it would be like performing for like a relative, like your aunt and uncle, just sitting in the kitchen and you having right. to come out. And I went on stage because I went right from the airport and I had like a, my jacket on. But it's the only time I owned a leather jacket in my life. It was like a motorcycle <laughs> jacket, you know, really okay. kind of cool and tight fitting said Detroit on the side. I just went up there because I kind of wasn't taking it seriously. And I did whatever joke. And this, this raw smart guy just goes, what are you, the Fonz? Because <laughs> I'm just in the leather jacket. And then I just walked out and I was like, was that the whole audition? That was it. And then they're like, you come back tonight and do your, yeah. So, wow. yeah. Look at us. Oh, Look at all this alumni right here. This is great. Right. Thanks. Oh, thanks for coming on, Alonzo. Uh, oh. uh, Appreciate Thank it, you. and uh, glad to see you again. It's been a minute. Uh, are you? I know you left the, the same. We, full disclosure, Alonzo and I lived in the same condo uh, townhome complex for a little bit, and it was nice to run into him here and there. Uh, but you left there way before me, and then I left not long ago. Where yeah. are you now? I moved to the other side of the valley, so I'm in um, I'm in Woodland Hills, or as I like to call it. Calabasas adjacent. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yes. Yeah, I'm still, you know, I'm still here. It's still uh it still is what it is, LA. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I liked what you guys were talking about about that comedy club hef. Yeah. Because that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, you can get, you know, you can get Dave Chappelle to do a hundred and forty seater. The tickets will only be a thousand dollars each. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So if, what, what what can he complain about? Either the ticket prices are too high or the venue's too small. This guy's he'll find something. That's my favorite thing. When anytime a comedy club goes, what acts would you like to see? It's like the same yeah. <laughs> like people who always own. name people who have that will never be in that venue. <laughs> yeah, and you don't, well, not in the next the, five years. Yeah. But that's the yeah. weird thing with 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 comedy now and um, not weird thing is nobody takes a chance on a new comic. Like well, nobody, if a comedy club is just having, like, I was in San Francisco um, and they sent out like a mailer for like that, you know, second show Friday. So, you know, that one's going to be a little papered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get my room papered every once in a while. And I also have a zit. Uh, this kid goes, yeah, we I heard, never heard of you before. We decided just to take a chance. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. That's weird that that's such a somebody's like oh my god we're gonna go listen to somebody we've never heard before you yeah, mean for free <laughs> you know who does that you know who does that and that's their marketing theory are the improvs if you if you look at the improv they want you to say that you went to the Denver improv or you went to the DC improv they don't want you to say you went to see John Reap mm-hmm. you know. And unless it's one of their, you know, big name sellout, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, ten show weeks. But yeah, they they love people to just know. Oh, whoever's at the, you know, Denver Improv is funny, so I'll just go there not knowing who's there. I mean, yeah, yeah. clubs like that. I was talking once with uh, with Mike Lacey at um, Comedy, Comedy Magic. Magic, and he was saying he'd run into Hartman at some event. To all your listeners, uh, Robert Hartman's one of the guys who runs the entire corporate improv chain whole whole bit. And he said, Robert told him, he said, man, you're lucky you can still book funny. Like the improv, like it's such a business that it's all about putting asses in seats and, and what do you draw or how little can we pay you or what? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all corporate analytics and and this and that it it funny i guess funny might be the fifth thing on the list or something like that right and you guys know it you you know that like when we do tv or you get a special or or like you said you do rogan something like that you get that spike and then they love you and then that spike cools off and they're like and you are yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 If they could find a way to to where people could play laser tag in a half hour and eat chicken tenders, they would do it. Yeah. Yeah. So Dude. I don't yeah. I don't know how you guys are. I'm at this point now where I just I just kind of roll with it, man. I, I'm like, look, I got nothing new to show you. If you don't want to book me at your club, like yeah. if, if you don't know who I am and what I do, I don't have I'm I don't have any new tricks that are gonna impress you. Right. Well, dude, yeah. Alonzo, I mean, now imagine me and Reap how hard it is being a 50-year-old white guy. Like, like, <laughs> hey, realize, hey, like hey. Nah, don't you feel so sorry for us? You guys, you guys had a good run. All right. <laughs> you had a good run. 
Oh man, just taking advantage of it. I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah. I didn't know we this whole time, dude. Oh well, Lonzo. That's why me and I, and I think you know this, but um, a couple months ago, me, when me and Reap did a bunch of bowling alleys all yeah. through Michigan, we did it kind of as a it's kind of, well. It was, it was also survival. It was during COVID where nothing was open, and we kind of found a way that well, these places are. Let's just let's do these bowling alleys. It was kind of like Kishi or whatever the word is. Fun. It just you know there'll be hell gigs, and we'll we'll make a story of it. They were all awesome. Like every show, the audience was was clapping. I I don't think I heard a, a drink spill. I didn't hear a server make a noise. I didn't hear it was nothing but but literally love from from the local Michigan guy who was doing guest sets to Brent to then John then then to me that it would they were so appreciative that you start going yeah I am gonna roll with it I don't know if I need a yeah. Uh, 500 seater in a mall that that nobody shops at anymore. I do, by the I, way. If anyone's listening, thing. I totally do. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no. My next thing, like I'm up for this um, hosting gig with Wait Wait hosting a comedy tour for them, and hopefully that goes through. But I'm looking at doing just starting out with hundred seat theaters in towns, man, and just keep the money. You know? Yeah. Um, that's I think that's where I'm at in my career. Like I get booked at a club and it's OK. And because of NPR, actually, I get NPR people in some cities that does really good. But otherwise, you know, I mean, let's face it, man, you got to You got to have, I don't know, a viral video or, or a big podcast following or something. Yeah. I don't even know anymore. You know what's putting asses in seats there. There are comics. Mm-hmm. Who are who are making a hundred grand a week, and I couldn't tell you their name, much less what yeah. where they're from, you know. It's but crazy. that's just, I, I that's the nature of the business. I mean, I, we yeah. were like that. Like I remember when we were doing last comic Hef when we were on our tour, mm-hmm. and I bumped into Dom Herrera in, ah, in Vegas, yeah. and Dom said, "You know how crazy this business is." He said, "Right now, Jay London is a bigger name than me." Right. Which was true. Right. Because we were on TV every week at that time. Right. So there's, you know, I don't know, man, you can. This is the thing. And I think you two have it. And I try to stay on top of it. You can't get bitter, man. I've seen the bitterness destroy people like you can't. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Even even joking about it. I think sometimes I think, am I just sounding too bitter when I'm really not? Right. There, there has to be a thing where you go as I'm holding back a sneeze. We've all had 25, 30 year uh, careers mm-hmm. doing this. That's a long ass. Like who has a job that lasts that long? Right. So yeah. even our even our worst years are probably are still pretty amazing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but but I, I think. Uh, the, the key is more Instagram shots of our butt oh, yeah. is one of the keys. That I'm noticing. Um, and I think the three of us need to dance more. Well, so we're a little old for TikTok, so I don't know about a the little. dance. And I then how do you do be, it? Because a lot of, like might be reported as a bit creepy if we start dancing on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it looks sad. See, I used to be uh I used to dance. I used to be called the Hickory Dance Machine. And I would come out, I mean I was a young man, I was in my twenties, and I would dance around and 
it was fun. And uh, I did it three different times in my act. And then I remember this distinct moment where I thought like, this looks bad. Cause I'm getting too old for this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like I remember like I was uh, doing a, it was a college gig and these, these girls were like, Oh yeah, we saw your showcase. I'm like, uh-huh. And you know, when they say like saw you, but they didn't say whether I liked you, yeah. like in your head, you're like, you didn't like it. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I, this is when I was uh, a rookie. I, so I stupidly asked, and did you like it? And they're like, well, the dancing just went on and on, you right. know, and it and, and I realized I am too old to pull that off anymore. So I don't I don't do the dance, but I improvised. I adapt. I overcome. I do different stuff. But yes. What, um, uh, what was I going to say? Well, I think dancing another, on TikTok, John. D- dancing. What? Another okay, thing. Let me stop you, John. Okay. When you can't remember what you were about to say, yeah. you're too old for TikTok. There we go. There we go. Yeah, that was it. I I watch a lot of YouTube, and I notice a lot of comedians who I don't know uh, because I don't live in Los Angeles anymore, and they're younger. Um, There are a lot of you know comics who use the word "goat" a lot, and Mm -hmm. literally almost every comedian, their whole podcast is talking about Joe Rogan. It's literally Mm -hmm. podcast. There's all these weird subsets of guys that for an hour will just go Joe Rogan as a goat and they're all these younger guys. So there's not, so we can't do that. But, or if you go way far, pick a political side and just go way to whatever extreme that is. Yeah. Right. Like, so I, uh, I think one of brewers and he didn't do it on purpose. He's got to be selling more tickets. Cause he did the whole, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not getting vaccinated thing. Right. right. He, yeah. He took a stance. His numbers on- have jumped. Because of just that statement. And then people also are like, how dare you? He gets that too. Yeah. But it's kind of weird. Like if we were to pick a stance on something that doesn't um, like the strawberry should be taken out of Neapolitan ice cream. Like if we took of the three of us took a hard stance. Wait, on wait, that. wait, wait. Time out. I just realized something. We are Neapolitan ice cream right now. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Hey, right. Make it different. Is that what you're saying? Well, right. And he's yeah. turning on you, Reap. He's trying to push you out. What the hell, dude? Come um, on. But if we took a stance on that, then we're going to get everybody who's like, right? The strawberry Rex. Well, to an extent. But one of the things I think, you got to be genuine with it, right? Like we, we know Brewer. And Brewer's got his opinions, but he's doing it because he thinks, you know, it's him. He's not doing it to generate ticket sales. Right. And I suspect he's going to he's going to like some of those new fans. Some of those new fans, I got a feeling he ain't going to be too crazy about, you know. (laughs) That's so true. Definitely can draw to the extremes, you know, and I've. I delve in political and topical stuff and I get some people mad and and somebody told me, look, if 20% of them ain't mad, you ain't trying, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It's, we live in such an insane time now. Um, When someone says don't politicize it, what can you say in this country? That's not going to be political today. Anything you say, right. Somebody's going to have a problem with it. And, you know, and it's, is like that thing in Texas, right? Where where they were like, we have to teach the other side of the Holocaust. Really? 
Really? What's the other side of the Holocaust? What's the, you know what I mean? Like it, it you mm. can't say or do anything. So you have to stop caring. That That's just my opinion. And Rogan, you know, you guys know Joe, right? I mean, it's a cult. It is. It not is. of his own making. In other words, I don't think Joe went out and said, you know, I'm going to form this cult following that's going to do... They're they're bigger disciples than he is. They they're more right. Rogan than he is. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sort of it took, a, started, took a life though. of its own, actually. Yeah, yeah, it really did. And he's you know good for him. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like when Rogan got COVID and uh, they were all talking about that ivermectin, I'm like, Joe's worth a hundred million dollars. He has really good doctors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he could. He, horse medicine. Joe's got really good doctors. <laughs> Yeah. That group, it's uh, that group. I mean, even when me and Reap started our podcast 10, 10 years ago, shit. Oh, but yeah, ago. but John, we didn't keep it going. We were like, we started, stopped, started. But stopped. when we started, though, we were with yeah. Death, Death Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Brian Redband literally created podcasts for everybody dude we did one all three of us did one on red ben's apartment one time on that little shitty well, couch he had everybody he had. who who's doing arenas now literally in that apartment so I when know. we were a part of that you could yeah. tell that that group mentality that even happened back then they were loyal yeah. like they were 100 percent. i've had people come to my show going her john rogan i'm like you mean episode five yeah right yeah you know what they're up to yeah but here's a way here uh Here's a way that maybe we can make our lives a hundred times easier. And I'm just going to switch subjects because over the weekend uh, I found this program and I've been training it. So me and uh, Michelle, my girl, we want to do a podcast, but I'm like, well, if we're not with each other, how are we going to do this? And da, 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 da. So then I downloaded this program that, um, you know, it has a, a narrator on it. So you could type whatever you want and then it'll, you can pick a voice that'll narrate it. Right. So in this podcast, we're going to do, um, there's a little bit of reading that's involved in every podcast. It's more of an information based than just talking like this. I'm like, I don't want to sit there and read. I have a horrible out loud reading voice. Mm-hmm. Not good at it. It makes me nervous. Even when I was a kid and you're in class and, and everyone had that take a paragraph. I would count like how many people, then I'd count my paragraph and then I would start practicing it before it got to me. So I wasn't the kid who reads like this. And so I found this program and then it says, hey, you can have your own voice be the narrator. You just have to teach me. It's literally you're you're talking to like an AI computer guy. So that on 60 minutes. So I trained it for... Maybe I, I think you're supposed to train it for an hour and a half. I only did about 20, like 20 minutes of it. Um, and then I had stuff to do. So I just want to show you like how, how fast it, it picked up my voice. So what I did is, Alan, I'll have you play the not yet, though. The very first thing I was literally reading something about the movie Breakfast Club. OK, so then all I did was I cut and pasted the first paragraph I was reading about. Remember the ending of Breakfast Club when he's like, Dear Mr. Vernon, you asked us to write, you know, the letter at the end of Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a, a there was an original version of that letter that we are brainwashed. It's different than the movie. Right. Okay. And it's not as good. So the whole article is about rewriting stuff. 
So I just cut and pasted and put it into this program. And then I hit me as a narrator. Does that make sense? Yes. So in like you, so you, you'll, so what you're about to listen to, um, is it me? But it's a program that tried to learn your voice and it's narrating the letter on the breakfast club. Yes. It's a, uh, the, like a, a paragraph before the letter. Like okay. it's just some um, like R2 Farty. Oh, I can't wait write. to hear this. I wonder if yeah. they got you right. Okay. Uh-huh. It's easy to get attached to the first draft of any writing, whether it's something as complex as a screenplay or just a short blog post. We all know that redrafting our work is the key to making it better. And yet emotionally, it's sometimes difficult to force ourselves to do oh what we can do. We can all occasionally get attached to thinking our first stab at something is pure and any subsequent attempt to improve it could wow. ruin the truth. If John Hughes can't get it right the first time, there's no reason there's- to think you have. And if he'd stuck to his first draft here, we'd have lost out on one of the single best moments of the 80s cinema. Dude, none of that's you. No, none of that was me. Holy shit. So it that sounds exactly like you. So obviously there's the weird parts where it does this. So you can, in the program, go in there and start to tweak that. Like I could fix some of those blatant, you know, blatant things. Um, but dude, I'm just a guy like on my dumb computer, not knowing what, how to you Can you imagine like what well, the government has? <laughs> You just gave comedy clubs another reason they don't actually need you. That's what I mean. (laughs) Right? Don't teach them that they don't need you. All we have to we can read the jokes and then have his voice (laughs) say it. Well, so that's (laughs) what this. So what this program does is, so we we could be recording this podcast just like this, and it would record all of us. And let's say I say, "Hey, I'm at the comedy cast on November 13th through the 16th," and I realize. I said it wrong. All I do is go in and type November 12th through the 14th and it corrects it in my own voice. So if you mess up, it'll fix it. Oh, that's one good thing. And then also I made one for you, John, when I first did, I just grabbed this. What? How did you use my voice? No, not your voice. I just with my own, but you'll see. This one sounds more robot-y. This one isn't. Um, yeah, Alan, if you want to play that, interesting. Okay, I thought you hi- hijinked my voice, dude. I was gonna be mad. Ron Reap is an American stand up comedian and actor known as the That Thing Got a Hemi, Guy and Dodge commercial starting in 2004. From 2004 to 2006, he played the recurring character police officer Gerald Bob in the ABC sitcom Rodney in 2007. Reap won the fifth season of Last Comic. Wow. <laughs> Here are some of his tour dates. November 2nd, Ladson, SC, Coastal Carolina Fair. November 19th, Evansville in CK News Zone Community Center. November 20th, Bowling Green, KY, National Corvette Museum. November 26th, Nashville, TN, Saney's. November 27th, All right, I get Nashville, it. TN, yeah. Saney's. <laughs> That's great, dude. John, that so is- so that's great. Um, but that is that because it's not written continuous, so it's it's re- reading weird and taking those pauses. Yeah, yeah. So you could, if I wanted, you could go through, take pauses, hit commas, 
kind of spell out things a little bit differently. And then you could start, if you know anything about audio, you can start tweaking the audio that really fine tune it. I have a question. So John, and by the way, John, you, you talk about taking your voice. All you need is 45 minutes to an hour of, of they have a script for you to read, mm-hmm. but I'm going to create a new voice and I'm going to throw in one of my comedy specials to see. I'm of course, it's going to be the whole narration is going to be yelling. Um, but I just want to see if it learns my voice through that. Okay. Well, this is uh, also great for people who want to do audio books. You know, let's just say you had a, an audio book and you don't want to spend all day reading it. Yeah. Now you don't have to, you know, just spend, what was it? 20 minutes with that program. That's awesome. Yeah, but it, it puts a lot of voiceover people out of work, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you should see. I mean, it will. Think about looping. I bet that's who did, who developed this because if you don't have to pay people for looping their voice, mm-hmm. save a fortune. Yeah. 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 You can type in, um, I've been messing around with it. I just pick, it's called overdubbing and I just pick random stuff and change it. And it sounds, and you can do it. It does it with video too. Is there so a way I can get access to your voice password so I could make you say things I don't want you to say? <laughs> well, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I can give you mine. Yeah. So that that's a slippery slope there, right? <clears throat> Maybe someone hacks into your uh, program, your get your password for that service, and now you're saying the worst worst things imaginable coming out of your mouth, and it's mm-hmm. you know I share it, and then people can you hear what? Listen to what John Hereford said, and now you're right? canceled, right? Right. That's, that's the bad 100% part. Of it. Going to happen. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's going to. To, it's also going to be people's excuse, you know, when they say right. something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, yeah, we got oh, a loophole. No, my voice was stolen. I didn't. I, yeah. I could hear politicians saying that every other day. Yeah. Oh, that's so smart. What is the name of this service? Because I want to see. Oh, let's take bets on who the first politician is going to use this as. Well, I know on, on the 2020. <laughs> on the 20, I love the speed yeah. in which that came out of your mouth. I love that. That's fast. Ted Cruz. Uh, yes. Uh, totally. I, I, I wasn't going to Florida. That was my hologram. <laughs> I never. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that. Uh, who should use it the most is that QAnon chick, that green lady. Yeah, Marjorie Green. Yeah, yes. she should be like my. Oh, no, but you know, there, there's an example. She doesn't deny it. She leans into it. Like her followers want her to say the craziest shit you've ever heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome, John. Uh, I I'm trying to think of how I can take advantage of that for myself, uh, but that's it's crazy how it even got like the way that you pronounce like your s's, like you have a thing. It's a tiny little thing, and it's not a bad thing. I just I I, I don't hear anyone else yeah. do it like you. It got that down. That's pretty damn good. And the little hesitation, mm-hmm. little hesitations in your voice. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy how good it was. And those weren't even good. Um, yeah, dude. So, so reap. So what we can do is instead of doing a podcast, we can just type each other and we'll just, all, all of our texts will just be read. Boom. Done. What if you could, can you chat? Like, I don't like, I don't think most people like the way they sound when they hear their own voice later. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've heard most people say, Oh, I hate the way I sound. And I'm one of those guys. I don't like the way I sound. Um, 
if that's the case, am I, could I go in there and change it? Like, well, I think I should have a deeper voice. Yeah, you can change theirs. So when you read the script and the script's impossible to read, it's just this nature thing. And it's just, you, you feel just anxiety because you keep messing up, but you can change your energy level. So you could, I could make some of the reading sad or, or questionable. Like the whole time I'm reading, I'm kind of oh, like, okay. what? Or you can make it very authoritative or happy or so you can change your emotion. So wow. you go through and when you do some stuff that has, you know, different emotions, you just call that whatever emotion you want. Like yeah, I could yeah. do a, a whisper. So this one. will either clean up trouble or dig a hole you'll never get out of. Yeah. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I could call. I could leave voicemails on people's. I if I had access to that, I could say the worst things and call people and leave voicemails as John Heffron. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but you do it in a questioning manner. So you, yeah, you know, say I that. wish there was a way I could. Uh, I think we should see computer. other people. <laughs> yeah, I wish uh, on my computer I would just type and let it play. But any. But anyway, Alonzo, so you're uh, in Woodland Hills, my neck of the woods. I used to live maybe a block or so away from Alonzo. Why am I all itchy? Um, Yeah. Did you ever go to his place, Alonzo? Did you ever see John's old place? Uh, Not when I lived here. I I went back when we first bought, because we bought our houses. Like, I had bought a house in Santa Clarita. That was my first mistake. And yeah, a lot of comics moved out there. And he bought yeah. Woodland Hills, and we—I think we saw each other's houses then. But that was it. Yeah, yeah. You realize that Santa Clarita, a lot of comics moved out there, but you realize moving to Austin is actually a quicker commute to Los Angeles than Santa Clarita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, like it kind of yeah. So, uh, how's Vaughn's? How's my old neck of the? Is the grocery store? Um, somehow they're staying in business without you. They do periodically ask me, you know, what happened to half, where'd he go? And uh, no, it, it's, you know, this area, I, I like that. it. I like, I like it. I, I think have. it's a, everything's convenient here. And, you know, mm-hmm. getting to Hollywood, getting to the factory or the improv, since I'm going at night takes about a half hour, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, this, this area works. Yeah. Um, How was it for you during pandemic and everything? Did you ever get COVID? Did you get vaccinated? No, man, I was, I was cool. I mean, I live alone, right? My girl would come over on weekends and stuff, but, and I, I don't know if I limited my exposure that much. I I'm, I'm single. I don't cook. So I went to the store a lot. I ordered food from restaurants and picked it up. Um, but I had common, I think common sense was on my side, you know, and then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got vaccinated as soon as I was eligible because uh, I believe in science and yeah. somehow scientists work better for me than whoever else <laughs> they're listening to. Uh, I, I so, got vaccinated too. Yeah. Yeah. All I am, uh, no, I, I was lucky. I did, you know, a lot of Zooms. I uh, yeah. it was one of those things that I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but I got good at doing Zoom comedy. So I worked a lot doing that and then Mm -hmm. doing the outdoor shows and whatever, whenever I could. You know, I said it was like open miking, right? Like, oh, there's a rooftop on Wednesdays and then there's a beach thing on Saturday. And, you know, you you just talk to the other comics and found out where the parking lot shows were or whatever, just to uh, just to get up in front of people. Yeah, I I had some horrible Zoom 
the very first one I did, I, I was at the punchline in Atlanta. And this is before I even knew. And I, I had to go into the green room there to do the Zoom. Like it was in between shows. In the green room there, everybody just comes back there. There's always random people running to the kitchen. Marcy's coming back. There's a lot going on. So I look at my phone and I just saw a red light. I didn't get introduced or nothing. And I stared at my phone and I didn't <laughs> even know how to do. I, I'm staring at my phone. I, I don't see anybody. And I'm just, I know I was supposed to go on at eight, whatever, 830. And I'm just talking. I'm like, hey, and then mom's cut hair weird. And I'm just doing bits somehow from when oh, I was 19 oh, are oh. popping up. Then all I saw was one comment that floated above in my phone that said, Zoom bombing at its best. That's all oh, I saw, which no. is those, <laughs> which was just that. So then I got done and I'm like, I'm never doing one of these again. And then, of course, when you're like, what shows are canceled more? Yeah, probably until next year. You're like, okay, I'll do these. Then I did another one where I forgot the comedian, but he's on in front of me and you can kind of watch it. Every punchline is like, so then I'm at the beach with my son and he hits a button and then suddenly he's at a beach and there's, he's in front of a green screen, but now he's at a beach. And then his son walks out and his son delivers the punchline that he would normally go. And my mm -hmm. son's like that. He has a kid do it and the kid leaves and then he switches it. So I would go to a nightclub and then he's in a nightclub hmm. and I'm. That sounds like a lot of the uh, internet connection. Right. Going, I don't even know how I'm going to like. So I was like, guys are figuring this out quick. Yeah. Wow. Oh, this is like well, Ben Glebe, Ben Glebe and Hofstetter figured it out and made a fortune. Right. That nowhere <laughs> comedy club thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I forgot about that. Is that still happening? Yeah. But yeah. I don't know how many people are going on now that the world's live again. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. But yeah. For that, that, time, the technology, I mean, they yeah. Were, they were just killing it on that thing. Wow. Because they, they, they figured out how to make the experience good and how to get people laughing, right? So you could hear people laughing. Because that was the, the big thing with Zoom and, and streaming was if you didn't hear people laughing, your timing's off. You're talking yeah. too fast. There's no give or so, take. So I, I figured this out uh, during one of them. Uh, speaking of sound, I realized I think once we start doing. You guys hear that? Yeah, we hear you. There now I hear that. Yeah. So what I did is I went and I got all these isolated, like one person giggling, one per, like one person laughing. And when I was doing the Zoom, I'd be talking like this. <laughs> and then I was just, Oh, that's smart. Yeah, I had a whole... And then I thought, there should be a company that just logs on with you. And some guy's just sitting there hitting all the buttons for crowd noise the whole time. You're, oh, you're you, you figured it out. You don't need a company. That, yeah, it's right there. It's coming from the guy. He's a uh, sound guy. And he had the gig of adding the cheers to uh, Rams football and Laker oh, basketball games. Right. Yeah, that was weird, man. That when was they weird. And he yeah. said, you know, he said the tough thing was you had to you had to be the home team. So you had to make sure you cheered and, and yelled at the right time and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and with basketball, you know, it's a quick game. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, that was his that was his gig during the pandemic. I and remember I watching I remember watching those first 
NFL games where it was they had to do that and thinking like this is it's obviously not great, but they got better at it by by better. mid yeah. by mid season. I was like, I can't really tell if right. that's a crowd noise or that's a yeah. They did a good job, but now thank God we don't have to do that anymore. I met a guy, or did probably it was the same people that transferred, like do all the America's Got Talent or all those the voice. All that cheering and and <gasps> that you hear is just one guy with a sound effects machine that just sits there and he sweetens the live show the whole time. So anytime you hear applause or people cheering or whatever, it's literally a guy smashing buttons. Yeah, not thank really you for ruining my voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, hey, real quick, I, the Alan Jackson. You know who the mass singer is too? Don't <laughs> yeah. You? Oh, yeah. Just, buzzkill spoiler alert hey the alan jackson were you able to get that voicemail that my angry uh death threat uh message i sent to you i don't know if you ever really get it yes i did would you guys like to hear the first ever death threat that i got yeah absolutely okay so let me uh i can't imagine someone wanting to kill you well that's that's how i feel um i I don't really do a lot of things that are controversial or I'm wondering what in your act does he have a huge problem with? Let me ask you this. What state in this country, Florida, would you say is the most proud to be from that state? Not Texas. Yeah, I know. As soon as I said it, I'm thinking they're going to say Texas, not New Hampshire. New Hampshire, those people, New Hampshire, Texas, New York, uh, uh, New Hampshire. I never would have said Jersey. New Hampshire. Oh. Jersey people take a lot of pride in. <laughs> yeah, Jersey. they do. This is West Virginia. I have a bit hmm. about West Virginia. Yeah, and, that, you got to be careful with those hillbillies and yeah, up sure. in the hollers and all that. You know? <laughs> so I'll tell you, the joke is, I say this, um, West Virginia, and I have a whole bit about. It, so I don't even, I'm not even sure what part of the joke pissed him off, but I have to think it's this part where I say West Virginia is a beautiful state physically. It's like a beautiful, I'm just going to say what I used to say. It's like a beautiful retarded girl because you look at her and you think, Oh yeah. And then you talk to her and you're like, Oh no. And so (laughs) that's the joke. And so I think this dude didn't like that. Although it has nothing to do with the R word. It has to do with about just me bashing West Virginia. Right. Uh, Alan Jackson, let's let's hear it, I guess. Oh, yeah. And it came with some other stuff after it. Oh, yeah. Patrick's on Coleman. Hey, you punk faggot motherfucker. I'm from West Virginia, whore. And next time I see you, if I ever see you, I'm going to beat your motherfucking brains out, you fucking ginger bitch. There you mm. go. Well, he didn't say he's going to kill me. He says he's going to beat my motherfucking brains out, which I assume would kill me. So yeah. I'm I'm talking that with a death threat, right? Yeah, that's a that's a that's verbal. I'm reading. He's rude. Yeah. <laughs> F you. I bet you may not yeah. suck a dick, but I damn sure you'd hold it in your mouth till someone come along who will. And then I wrote I wrote rude. <laughs> I said, I I wrote the word rude. Don't you like my comeback? I just said rude. And he goes, yeah, well, I used to like you till you talk shit about West Virginia. Now, fuck you. I said, ha ha, you sensitive. 
first off. And now okay, he's looking that's... up sensitive so he can reply. No, but hey, yeah. Alan, scroll some more because here's what I did, guys. I won him back. All right. So he goes, nope, just proud to be a mountaineer. I was born in Charleston and raised in Boone County. I am West Virginia. I bleed blue and gold. I said, that's great, man. Do you happen to know any of the whites, like Jessica White from the Wild and Wonderful Whites? He goes, yeah, I know Jessica, Mammy, Mousy. I know all of them. Shit, man, Mousy was my neighbor. There's a bunch of us nuts out here for real. LOL. Oh, you got the LOL. <laughs> so then I go, nice. I love those movies. Been to Charleston many times. Beautiful country up there. <laughs> Keep going, Alan. And then he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, it really is, man. If you're ever up this way, if you want to stop in, and I could introduce you to all of them. We could even smoke a blunt and bullshit a little. So, so this dummy. Careful. Started off wanting to bash my brains in, and now he wants to hang out with me. Isn't that great? That's beautiful. <laughs> I've, you know where I've had that happen? I've done motorcycle events, and you know a lot of a lot of bikers are extreme right wing, right? And then they they see my comedy somewhere else, and they are that you, Alan. I thought I liked you. I'm like that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Alan, can we have that last view you just did right there? The three of us without our yeah, I kind of like that better. Um, oh yeah, you can see my guns, dude. Well, one, uh, John, first off, that shows you what a good friend you are. That you, in fact, don't suck dick. But if you had a buddy who did mm-hmm. and was looking for it, you would be like, "Listen, right? You're here. You want somebody to do this? My buddy just went to go get cigarettes. He's gonna come back." Probably all of it, but yeah. yours is already out of your pants. So instead of you getting all cold and chilled, I'll keep it warm. And then when my body comes, I'm just yeah. going to pass you off. And you guys can yeah. probably me. You guys probably might really, really like hit it off. And then I'm going to go off. So mm-hmm. yeah. there's not a lot of friends like that. I'm not yeah, an a-hole. A, uh, that was a unique insult. I've heard versions of this before where it's like, I bet you won't suck, but I bet you hold it in your mouth. I've heard that before. So even his little insult wasn't that original. Uh, but my thing is, I was just trying to stay cool. And I really was, because I, I thought about, like, am I going to respond, like, in an angry way? Or am I just going to, I just want to see if I can win him back. And I did. So now I've, that I've won him back, I kind of want to do something else to where I go, <laughs> you know, I want to do something in the back, but well, you can use this old one. And you're a good friend, man. Type guy goes downtown, gets two blowjobs, comes back and gives me one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But if you listen to the voicemail, I want to, I, I, cause I, I kind of want to have him on the show. I'd like to get him to zoom in. Cause I want to know what, what his drug of choice is. I'm going to guess it's meth. Because there was a thing where it sounded like his septum was like the, you know, that little muscle in the back of your nose. Like if you do too much cocaine, it goes away. Like, I think something's gone up here. It's how, um, it's how uh, the guy who was married to Roseanne Barr, what's his name? Uh, oh, Tom um, Arnold. It's how Tom Arnold talks now. Hey, you guys, there's something missing in the nose where he doesn't enunciate very well. This guy had some the of question that. is just where you know you mentioned somebody's state where you get that that mad right 
Like that, I don't understand that. Just that reaction. Oh, you know to, why? Because they're known as hillbillies. They're sensitive to it because that's their rep. Yeah. Right? They, that's know. that's the. Well, that's, he didn't. He didn't respond to John by going, "Really? Uh, here's my master's degree. I have, oh, here's my master's degree. Here's the five businesses I own. Here's my four hundred one k. He didn't respond that way. Right. Yeah. He'll put you in your place. <laughs> yeah. So should I reach out, John? Should we? Should I keep going with this? Should I keep catfishing this dude? I'm curious is this- about because oh, here and nowadays you don't know how cray cray people actually. Yeah, he might actually show I, up. I, I would. I would let it alone. I'm. Yeah. I'm curious about why he was so angry enough to do that. But yeah, not yeah. So have you had I that would. to that extreme? Have you had someone threaten your life? Someone who want to beat your brains in, John or Alonzo? I, I've had. I've had that. Uh, oh. unrelated to anything. It's always, I suck. I call myself a, like anytime if you do right this for the fun of it, do a weird comment on Rogan's Instagram and you'll get a million people oh, uh, yeah. attacking you for, even right. if you go, even if it's the, the it's, they're so predictable. Even if it's just something, just milk toast down the middle, you'll just, I, I always, yeah, they'll go at you. Time. Yeah. 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 You think you're well, a comedian cause you got comedian in your, I think I was going to respond with this. I'm like, the only reason you're so angry at me is because I'm right. The, the, the best insults, the ones that hurt us the most are the ones that have an element to truth in them. If I just looked at you and said, Oh, you're not funny. Well, then you're not going to get mad at that because obviously you are, you've made a living doing this for a very long time. That holds no weight. If I look at you and I give a real good insult, that is true, then it really pisses you off. So that's what pissed this dude off because everything I said is true. The fact he used the R word was the most offensive part of that. He didn't even mention, you know, he didn't even mention. (laughs) Well, they haven't stopped yet. Yeah, (laughs) that's not a thing there. As a matter of fact, (laughs) if you hit him with the R word, he'll be like, what makes you think I was reading? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. had somebody um say something once where I don't even know what the reaction was. It was an old bit I used to do about myself about where I go to young guys and I talk about them peeing themselves. If you don't, it's a not the most, you know, it's not groundbreaking, but it's a whole thing like how to shake a certain way and to make reference to clearing a gun and putting it back oh, or yeah, you're gonna get that. the dribble mark mm-hmm. and then then you're going to have this conversation with your wife when she goes, do you piss your pants? And then, then I say something about, Hey, I don't talk. There's been times I walk by your underwear and I've had questions. Right. And that gets a huge laugh from the women, but the bit is not me talking to anybody. It's all, then you're going to talk to this person and they might say, so it has no, I had this lady light me up about how dare I share a private conversation that I had with with in about a woman's pe- like you're no prince charming like she was just going off and you're like it's a made up bit <laughs> like it's not, I'm not even talking about like real people I right. I didn't say this happened to me and then I it's made up the whole thing it, the actually recently the craziest one I had is this woman from Germany oh, and wow. I didn't even. I didn't even know it was a woman when they emailed, right? It was one of those emails, would you do a show at this base in Germany? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Here's my manager's info, contact him, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was doing this AM talk radio thing for a while this past summer. And I walked out one day 
and she was there. Yeah. Oh, like she had come from Germany to LA on her vacation or whatever and was right there and then followed me. I did shows. Where did I go? I went to Chicago and somewhere like I had like three shows in two weeks and she showed up at each one and they were in different cities. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. I I said, look, you're, you're, there's a boundary. You're crossing a boundary. I said, I appreciate you cannot just show up where I'm at. And (laughs) yeah, that was, uh, that was, you know, like my uh, friend of mine who used to run a club, she was like, yeah, those are the people who will kill you. Like that, mm-hmm. that's a, that's the kind of shit you need to be scared. Not the person who threatens you. Like T- Tammy said that once. Tammy said she did a show and there was a guy with a life-size cutout of her waiting for her in the lobby. Imagine that. That's <laughs> the kind of shit. And that's how I met her. Yeah. Oh, God. And that's how I met her. Um, yeah. It's weird. Did that person get a hold of you when you were doing radio? Is that how... She came across. Yeah, you? I mean, I think if if I remember, if I remember, it was through Instagram. It was through an Instagram DM about would you do a show in yeah. Germany? When I did morning radio in, here in Detroit, I had a person who would send faxes or letters to the station because there wasn't a way to get a hold of you back then. There was no social media. And she would say, I've heard, I hear all the secret messages you're giving me. I know when you say Celine Dion, that means to run to the bat, like outside. And she, then I started getting 10 page letters that had no room on the paper. So you'd Mm -hmm. write normal and then you'd go sideways and then you'd go, there wasn't any paper left. I get five or six of them and they were like, Hey, so I, I like the red house we looked at. And I know you got mad at me. Uh, when I like the blue house, but if you and she would bring stuff to the station, she brought baby shoes to the station once, which to this day is still one of the scariest things. Junk oh. mail and then a can of tuna fish that was uh, an empty can of tuna fish. So then I'm 20 wow. something at the time. And my boss goes, you have to call the cops right now. You have to call the cops right now, because if anything happens to her, she says you did anything. You're done. You have to call. <laughs> So right. please came to protect and you. I, uh, she should. So I, I had. A, I have a stack, a stack of notes, like crazy talk. Um, but and, you know what I respect about her, Hef? Huh. Back then, you had to work to be a stalker. Right? She didn't have any social media to no, work she, with. She had to go to get a stamp and effort into threatening your your life. Yeah. Yeah. So then yeah, I these stalkers today, they got it too easy. One DM. Bam. Yeah. You got to. So then uh, I had to go get one of those. What are they called? The uh, personal protection things. Right. Yeah. A personal restraining order. Restraining order. So she okay. couldn't be, be by me. So I went. Wow. And it had it, had it all insane. filled out. It, it, I had like stacks of paper. The form you fill out. And this is horrible. And this is, I don't know if this is still the case because it probably happens more with women having stalkers than vice versa, but it's a horrible system. It's literally, you had, I I had enough room for two lines to write why this person might be a threat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, a, you know, if you're going to a tanning salon and they ask if you have anything wrong with you, like, you know, how like in, 
I kind of write it. And then I, I like and, that you asked that analogy of, to a ginger and then uh, a Alonzo, a black yeah, man, a tanning right, salon. Guys, you guys don't. Uh, yeah, I know what a tanning salon is. Of course. So, Look at us. <laughs> so uh, the somebody who knew me or some woman who was an attorney knew me from the radio and she goes, I'll look at all that before you bring that into the judge if you want. And I go, well, I have all this. And she goes, the judge is only going to read the sentence you wrote. I'm like, yeah, but what about all this crazy talk? She goes, he's, he's just going to read the, the, the sentence. So she kind of tweaked it and she's like, good luck. And she, you know, leaves, give it to the guy. You know what the guy said to me? Literally goes you're being a pussy you can you can handle this on your own the judge Wait, said that literally what the guy said the and guy the guy's the judge the judge and i left oh I, said, I to this day i don't know what that means or what that was his yeah. his sister was the one stalking you yeah it was the, the thing and then i went back to the radio station like well did you get the thing and i'm like apparently i'm just being a pussy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's insane. Well, that's a preemptive strike on your move because your your boss was right. Like, if had something happened and there was this uh, paper trail, you know, like yeah. if because it's usually whoever calls the cops first is who they believe. So yeah. you you have to you make the scary. call first was smart. Yeah. That's insane, dude. Hey, uh, we're we're at an hour. I was hoping right. we could talk about Alec Baldwin and that gun going off, dude. Because that's you know, say that that's a horrible story. Um, we I've, I've, I've been on movie sets where I had to uh, in Harold and Kumar too. I had to shoot a gun, um, and I, I just know all the safety speeches that I had to go through. You know, yeah, I've been there too. It, it is unbelievable how safe they are when there's a gun there. And the prop guy, he's like, he's that's it. He will not let you touch it. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. this thing. Alec Baldwin really screwed up. I'll tell you the craziest thing, though. Yesterday, this woman was talking to me, and she was telling me how bad she feels for Alec Baldwin. Mm -hmm. And I said, a woman got killed. And she said, yeah, but Alec Baldwin has his kids and everything. And it made me think, like, is that how powerful celebrity is, that a celebrity kills somebody? And you feel bad for the celebrity because they're going to have, you know, a bump in their fame or whatever or have to. That was crazy to me how to her, the victim who died meant nothing. Right. And it was all about Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I think that's that's the initial thoughts. Uh, I think people have is like, how could this happen? And then like, oh, well, there's that picture of Alec Baldwin, like bent over, just like, you know, uh, just aghast the situation. But that's a good point. I think you're right. I think a lot of people have that like, oh, or they go the other way because there are some people who don't like Alec Baldwin. Yeah. You know, people on the far right. Yeah. Are, suddenly there is a lot of people that are suddenly concerned about guns and being misused all of a sudden. Yeah. There is. Well, he's know. done. He hasn't done much to make himself likable. Right. <laughs> right. 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 You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's not like like. Like if this had been Keanu Reeves, right? If they were making John Wick four and mm-hmm. Keanu accidentally shot somebody, it would just be a horrible accident, you know, mm-hmm. but it being Alec Baldwin and he's, he's a smug guy and he's pissed off a lot of people. Yeah. It, it ain't hard for Alec Baldwin to be an asshole. 
It's not right. like he's like, man, I really got to work at this. You know, it's right. it's always right there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and he's so I I had heard too because Alec Baldwin the actor probably will be okay in terms of you know uh, getting accused going to jail. He probably won't go to jail for that, but he was a producer. So as a producer who's in charge of the whole production, it's kind of on him too. Like, well, why weren't you? Well, it's going to cost him some money. That's yeah. what it, ultimately it's just going to cost insurance. him a yeah. lot of money. And being the producer, he'll probably try to get the the movie to pay for it or the insurance, you know, <laughs> on the set to pay for it. That's yeah. going to be his fight because, you know, the insurance company is going to be like, no, you, you broke the rules. So we're not covering yeah. it, you know. Mm-hmm. That, and they have the money and the lawyers to uh, to fight him. The, the, unfortunately, the victims of the family, they're probably just going to get some money in a civil suit and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. insane because I don't understand how that could have happened. I don't understand how it happened with Brandon Lee. I don't have, understand how any time and, – and today where we have all this technology with uh, green screens and CGI, why do we even need a real gun or – you well, know, I was – I was reading a thing about it today, and it said that the AD, the one who handed him the gun, apparently they were setting up before lunch, and they had lunch, and they came back. It's almost like a comedy skit. Like there were three guns, you know, pop guns and real, and they gave him the wrong gun. Now, the question arises, why were any of them loaded? But for whatever reason, the guy handed him the wrong gun, which again, Reap, you've been around it. That's that's so irresponsible because normally they just wouldn't let you touch anything and they would check it right before they handed it to you. And Mm -hmm. they they basically treat you like you're a five-year-old idiot. Yes. Because they they're dealing with actors. So they're dealing with five-year-old idiots. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'll just give you a scenario. When I did uh, Harold and Kumar, there's a scene where I I shoot this deer, right? And, uh, and so, but Harold and Kumar are in the are in the background. So they're saying, "All right, John, this is a very serious thing. We have a gun on the set. Uh, it's not a real gun. This is a you know whatever. It's got the 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 uh, fake stuff in it. But you can't even point it at anybody." He said, "When you do this scene, your inclination is to point it over here because that's where the acting is going to happen. That's where I don't want you pointed over there. I want you to point over here." And we'll fake it so it looks like you're pointing at them. So mm-hmm. so I don't even say why it was even pointed in their direction. You know what I mean? Because I that is a big speech I got. Don't even point well, it at anybody. Said, they said the rehearsal was to make it look like you're shooting the camera. Like mm-hmm. I guess it was some shot, like like the opening on James Bond, right? Where James Bond turns and shoots the camera. It must yeah. have been one of those because they said he was supposed to be aiming for the camera. And, and that's uh, why the, um, the 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 girl who was the photography lady is the one who got shot. She was the right. one behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I wonder what was in that that gun to begin with. If it's Killer. a blank, yeah. Like even if it was, yeah, a projectile. You know, well, it around be around big enough to go through one person into another because that's what happened. <sighs> oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and this I don't know much. I mean, you know, we don't know much about the the lady, another guy who got shot because they're not Alec Baldwin famous. But I know she was she was young, right? She was yeah, like she was like forty something. She had a kid. 
you know, yeah. she, you know who she was? She was a working person on the crew, right? Yeah. That's that's who yeah. the crew is. Yeah, That's who the crew is. They're, they're yeah. working people. They're professional. They're good at what they do. And, you, you know, this is something I've talked to people about. Because the first time I worked on a set, you know, I was a truck driver for Power Rangers, right? And and what struck me was how much of a teamwork kind of thing it is. Like they really, you know, we're all working together to get this done. And I think the assumption is that everyone's professional, right? So if you're the camera person, your assumption is that the prop person and the gun person know what they're doing. And right. that gun, you know isn't going to, isn't loaded. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. Hmm. Well, and this was a, a small budget movie. This wasn't like a big yeah, uh, Hollywood low budget movie. Yeah. But, so they probably try to cut corners. Yeah. That's, you know? Apparently that's what the whole thing was that they were using some, the, the union people left and they were using non-union people and trying to save money and just, hmm. you know, perfect storm, perfect storm. Yeah. To happen. Right. Right. Like, it's another one of those things you're like, oh, that's why you pay professional union people versus right, right. some, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a reason that there's somebody who's an armorer who specializes in guns on set. Like, there's, there's a reason you pay that guy, you know, 500 yeah. bucks a day or whatever he costs. Get what you pay for, yeah. Uh, John Heffern, are we going to get to find out what your costume yeah, is? Yeah, I don't know if Alonzo, uh, if, if to leave, if one wants to say goodbye to Alonzo, because he is, you know, we're just yeah, going to talk about like our... kept him a long time. You want to stick Alonzo, around are you anywhere we need to, to plug? Well, it, no, I was, if Heff is dropping secret knowledge, I want to know, because Heff is one of, one of the more fascinating people I know. He never <laughs> doesn't make me laugh. So. <laughs> That's um, a great compliment. <laughs> well, so Alonzo, so okay, Alonzo, you could be witness to it. Like, uh, for we uh, we were dressing up. We both have Halloween parties to go to this weekend, and I got obsessed um, with the show on Netflix, and I went full on with this costume, um, even down to I'll, oh, I'll try to show you everything, even to the the Casio wrist raw. Wrist, I need my, where's my editor? Where's wrist my computer watch. program that can say wrist yeah. watch? Uh, that, uh, notice the shirt, right? Do you notice, make sure my fly, you notice the jacket? You notice wow. the jacket? Do you notice the backpack? And then mm. do you notice this? <laughs> wow. Okay. I have, know who I am, John. Alonzo, do you have, well, I want Alonzo to try and guess first mm. and then I'll go. From a Netflix show? Yep. No, I have no idea. You're not uh you're well, not I guessed, Squid Games. <laughs> I guessed Stranger Things first and I was wrong. And then I and now I'm thinking yep. I'm there's trying a, to think what roller derby show is on Netflix. Hey Alan, Wait. maybe maybe we pull up a YouTube video of just the teaser of it, Alan, instead of showing the pictures. I don't know. Just, is it just, a comedy? Just, just saying that. Is the show a comedy, John? Yes. It's it's maybe one of the most most best written where's my computer AI voice? Uh show ever. It goes dark, it goes sad, it goes funny, it deals with a lot of issues. Um brief that, nudity, sometimes drug use. Brief nudity, okay. Brief nudity, but um 
I'm still stuck on it being the mostest best ever. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, gosh, I, unless you just saw that, John, is it a period piece? I, I just mean, saw it, it, so I can't say anything. I saw the title in the trailer, oh, I didn't see it. Is it does it take place in the 80s, John? It does not, although it's cine, it's it's uh cinematically shot or definitely has a feel of the 80s vibe, I always think, but is not. Actually taking place in the 80s. Best written show. It's definitely I on Netflix. Think, I think the show is unbelievable. Normally, I'd have a 10-speed bike, and I'd be walking with my best friend right now if I was So, Alonzo, like you said you already know because you just saw something? I saw something up there, and I think okay. it's a show. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disqualify myself. Actually, you know what? Here in the show, like if I was standing next to Alonzo, in this outfit, he would actually be like, you would go, oh, I know exactly. Because Alonzo looks just like an older version of my character. We look like if they remade the show 30 years from now. And they go, what happened to the cast? That, that's what we look like. Me Maybe I'm wrong, wrong, man. I have it, no clue. It's a stretch, Alonzo. But it's uh, if they redid the cast, you know, 40 cast. years from the original movie... Movie. Mean you could could be the older people, or it's a it's not take away movie. Ta- All right, is, is it sex education? Is that what I saw on the screen? Yes. Yeah, John, you said brief nudity. That's got a lot of nudity in it. Play the video, Alan. Play the video. Look at this outfit. Look at this. See the shirt. This matches perfectly. See, I was gonna guess that because I know you like that show, but when you said brief. Nudity that threw me because I know the first scene was strong sexual content, okay. which I love. Okay. I noticed you're right. pretending to masturbate, and I was okay. wondering if you wanted to talk about it. Oh, oh, uh-huh. There you Look, are. That's me. Did you see it? Yeah. So wait. <laughs> watch. Go back to. Right there, it. see, see the Alonzo, that could be the young version of you. And right there <laughs> is, the, is the version of me. Wow. We just need to get you a jean jacket and it's the bike helmet. And so this is the best written show on Netflix. Yeah. Is what oh, you, without a doubt. I, yeah. It, uh, no, I, it is. Sure Alonzo, have you seen it? No. Okay. All right, so you're being I sarcastic. have to watch okay, it now, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, keep playing, Alan. You'll see, like, you know I love you so bad. This is a new frontier, my sexually repressed friend. Our chance hey. to Oh, it takes place. Okay, that's young. Do you have those? See, see his backpack? Do you have those pants, John? I lost the accent. Good backpack. to shag or actually See, it's so good. There's a lot of a lot of sexual things happening on in this campus. Yeah, Alonzo. So in the first episode, this dude fakes a man fakes an orgasm, and um, it's a big big thing about that. That's what Michelle. I don't want to. We should talk over it because I don't want to get flagged. All right, we can turn it off. Let's turn it off. I don't want to get in trouble with Netflix. Uh, yeah. Okay, John. Hey, uh, Reap. Reap. Yeah. Netflix ain't worried about you right now. They got another comedian's problems they're dealing with. Oh, tons. <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, who, which one are you talking about? 
<laughs> Did you see the new Chappelle special? Absolutely. Yeah. We talked about uh, last episode, we talked a little bit about it. And uh, we were stuck on the, uh, was it Da Baby? Yeah. We, we, there's a joke where he's like, all right, give us Da Baby back. Because apparently Da Baby said something uh, mm-hmm. homophobic. And so we went back and watched that and we sort of went through that. But I, I, I'm with you. I, someone was asking me my thoughts and I said, look, Dave Chappelle has entered a new category of comedian. Like he's beyond comedy at this point, at this point. And that's why it's called the closer. In my opinion, it's like, he's trying to close a book on something mm-hmm. that maybe he didn't intend to open, but it was opened. And now I gotta, I gotta put it into this. And that's kind of what it was. And it was funny. Um, but it didn't have to be funny every 30 seconds. Right. It wasn't the normal special where you're going for laughs all the time. I think, I think Chappelle has become like a social commentator, you know? Right. And, and there was some comedy, some social commentary, but I think at least half of the people complaining about it didn't watch it. Right. Yeah. 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 Because if you watch it, you know, toward the end, he, if you listen to him toward the end, you understand where his opinion came from. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not here to say whether his opinion's right or wrong, because I don't judge. Everyone has their own opinion. But I see, OK, this is why he feels this way. And to me, totally justified. But mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and, and, you know, it, I don't know how much you guys have talked about it. I've been been asked too many questions about it. And finally, I was like, look, last time I checked, my remote still works. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Still, right. I mean, listen, you can flip the I'm, channel. I'm not a Tucker Carlson fan. So you know what? I don't watch him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't watch him just to say what crazy shit he said today. I just don't watch him. Like, yeah. if you can't stand Dave Chappelle, why are you watching Dave Chappelle? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're right, too, that they didn't watch it. Or if they did watch it, because Chappelle's great at this. Um he will start a joke or a premise, right? And he'll say something shocking even in the beginning or in the middle. And if you're with, if you're, you know, with people and they're like, what? what? And they talk over the punchline or right. the point of the joke, yeah. Yeah. then they don't hear what it was all about to begin with. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes those things make it, they're hilarious. The point he gets to, Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. But yeah, they're already arguing. They're already, you know. And, yeah. he, and here's another thing. You know, I tell people like they're complaining. Carlin did a whole thing about suicide and, mm-hmm. and why some people should kill themselves. Like, like they <laughs> lose their fucking minds over Carlin. Because Carlin, <laughs> you talk about not giving a shit. Yeah. He didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's been that way historically with, I mean, if you go back to Lenny Bruce, I mean, there's been many times where comedians have been controversial and people have tried to say, we can't have this. Well, this is a different world. They're trying to say it still, but now on more platforms with more people's voices are sadly heard. <laughs> well, they keep, they, yeah, they keep expanding the words you can, you know, Lenny Bruce from all he got arrested for was like kind of cursing and, yeah. insane words so they go you can't say these six words or you're gonna get arrested now those six words is, is like 140 right yeah you know like, they keep changing the meanings keep, they keep changing the meanings of words so it's like yeah, well, if you're not up to date on what the new meaning is you know 
That's a there's bummer. 47 different identities for for people now. I saw on some list. I can't. I can't it's too much. Yeah, I can't memorize crazy. that. I was bad at times tables, and I can't remember different combinations of humans. Yeah. Can't. Once again, as as straight white males, I hate to tell you too, but <laughs> it's your fault. see we're just now realizing it because we were so privileged in our bubble for a long time alonzo you don't know if me and john are part of this white uh 50 year or you know white guy club where we feel so bad uh for everybody what we do is we go sit in a corner for two hours every night we just sit in the corner we put ourselves in a in a white guy timeout is what it's called just just for all the wrongdoings (laughs) That other white guys. Can, can I say this on behalf of people of color? <laughs> yeah. If we had to be mad at straight white guys, you two would be the worst examples of what to be mad at. <laughs> like there, there's literally nothing with either one of you. You're like, ah, oh, shit, I can't be mad. Look at these two. Right. I can't be mad. <laughs> that makes me feel good because I've always, I've always hoped that that's what other people thought. It's like when they think reaping, like. He's harmless. <laughs> you know, he's fine. Leave leave the heifer and reap alone. They're not doing yeah. anything. They're just a couple of goofballs trying to it, get you know, you know what it's like? It's it's like getting mad at a golden retriever. Like really? <laughs> you know, like golden retrievers. You're a horrible person. Well, yeah. So you my self-worth, I get sometimes on social media, I get so mad at myself that I'm like, I could say anything. And nobody's going to be mad because nobody's paying attention. I'm <laughs> yeah. so off the grid and so off the radar. I can yeah. say whatever I want because nobody's will, listening and I nobody will never cares. forget when you told me how you could pull down your baseball cap and walk to the bathroom during your own show and people wouldn't know it was you. Never. <laughs> no. Nope. Good. Good. It's like I have a super a superhero. I'm like a superhero. <laughs> anyway, all right, fellas, I gotta go find some food. Alonzo, I love you, buddy. It's so good to see you, man. Great to see you, John. I will uh who knows? We'll cross paths on a poster at some club somewhere and uh wish each other the best. Hef, I will still hit you up every time I'm in Detroit, and one time I'm gonna actually see you. Yes, you have to, <laughs> and, and uh I know you're doing a bunch of sh- I don't know if you still have them with Tammy Pascatelli. And Mitch, are you guys still doing some th- shows? We're, around? They're trying to sell some for next year. We only got one for this year, and then they're you know trying to sell. Who knows? You know, it, it's it's the uh, grab grab Pescatelli and come with me. Small theaters, and we'll see. Do bowling alleys with me and Reap. You grab Pescatelli. Hey, we already talked us. about you. You keep bragging about these bowling alleys, but you're not giving <laughs> us the contacts. We can <laughs> we can hook you up. We John did it. You just gotta. I would practice without a microphone stand. Oh yeah, yeah. So that'll okay. throw you. Yeah, they're gonna um, fix it, that. It, it threw us. It got in our heads a little bit, but they they were good shows. We we have the- yeah, that's right. Because I've only done big budget professional shows that have lights and microphones, and it's come on. <laughs> yeah, he's been without here. a mic stand. You can. Yeah. I think I'll get by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're 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 from uh, what, what was the place in L.A. that used to perform that was so huge? Um, the, the Irish the Bar. Dublin's Dublin's. Yeah. I used to perform on a booth on a table. Exactly. Right. Take the Remember table that? out of the booth and make the magic happen. Oh. And then be sure to put the table back when you're done. 
<laughs> I like okay. This is a random question, and not to even leave the podcast on because nobody's going to know this. But one of my biggest questions—I have a lot of big questions about life. Dublin's was so packed, and was yeah. the place to do comedy, whatever era, whatever time frame that was. I haven't forgot mid two thousands. No, maybe. it was like two thousand to two thousand four. Right, right. Yeah. You'd go to this place. It was the hottest place you could be on Sunset Strip. You couldn't even like you got no guy to get in. You walk in. It's all beautiful people all sitting in this booth and then comics would just kind of stand. I don't even remember the stage being that good or in a good place. A lot of people talking. Yeah. Um, Dane Cook would perform all the time. Alonzo would usually go at the very end of the night. Um but there was one guy, the, the guy who kind of ran it. How did he always get people uh, like to show up? I got to tell you, his name was Jay Davis. His yes. name is Jay Davis. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to promoting, you know what his talent is? He remembers every person he meets. Mm-hmm. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, he remembers your name. And so, so it's not, hey, come to the show. It's like, Debbie. Karen, remember when I saw you, we're doing a show like he made it so personal and he truly believed it was the greatest show every week. It's the greatest show ever. But his talent and we talked to him about this, like he wanted to be a comic. And we were like, no, man, you're a producer. Like, this is what you should do. Right. But his big talent was remembering people and he would invite them and it became very personal to them. And then. The way it grew, it grew to be like this insider thing, like like you wanted to see the comics there. I mean, because if you look at the comics who came through, you know, like you said, Dane was there when he became Dane. Dr. Ken was there all the time. Ralphie, um, you know, Craig Robinson, uh, yeah. Sebastian. Yeah. You know, every it was like everybody before they blew up at that time. The only one who blew up at that time was Dane. Right. Everyone else, it, they blew up after, but it was a thing to see see us every week because people knew what we were doing. It was to me, it was like this fantastic pro open mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an experience, man. Because yeah. that also, let's not forget, it was valet parking for like three dollars. Yeah. Well, the I'm, reason the reason that bar made so much money. Even before the show, imagine having a place on the Sunset Strip with your own parking lot. That was almost more valuable than a a club. The fact that they had a giant parking lot in the back and other places hated them. The other bars hated them because people would just come there because just like you said, you could park for three bucks. So if you park for three bucks, you ain't walking down the street to park for 25 bucks. You're going to go to their fucking bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My only, the, the, when every time I, I think of this, uh, Jay Davis guy, um, super nice to me. I think he put me on, on the stage a couple times, but he also had a comedy night or ran some other room. That was a very LA thing to do. There was a real hip like hotel that was down this really steep road. Mm-hmm. Um, right. All in the same area. I forgot what it was. The Fairmont or, it was like yeah. super trendy. It was like hidden the hotel and they had a little bar in it and they had like a velvet rope. And if you weren't on the list, you couldn't get in this bar that maybe sat 30 people, wow. right? You're not even in a nightclub. It's just literally this dark, mm. just kind of bar. 
And I remember going there with a buddy of mine, Peter Berman, and we were in there. And then Peter looked at me and said, we have to leave. And I go, why? He goes, because Jay Davis would like us to leave. And <laughs> I go, why are we? But what did we do? You know, it was just me and Peter just talking to each other in this corner of this literally like the smallest bar ever. And I'll never forget. This is kind of when I first moved to LA. He goes, um, Bob Saget is coming. And then I, in my brain, I'm thinking, so? And he's bringing three people. And then and again, my brain was so, and he's like, that will fire marshal. It'll max out. He can't bring four mm-hmm. people into this bar because there's only allowed to be 30. So you two, so Jay was picking people in the bar who had to leave like, <laughs> like a reality show. Like That's we didn't so make the next round. I love the sentence like, because Jay Davis wants you to leave. Jay Davis wants to leave because Bob Saget is bringing people oh, to the bar. Great. And then yeah. we left. And that was the last time I ever talked to him. So there Maybe, let's let's tease the next episode with a great Jay Davis, Jay Davis story. Okay. Um, I've known the guy. I did Dublin's. You know, he's open for me a couple of times. <clears throat> Jay Davis. Uh, he has this email, a, cra- a crazy email list, right? So Jay, over the years, would get everyone's emails as well. Uh, also, in MySpace was big. Like he he took advantage of that. Um, so he opened for me a couple of times. Uh, you, we have to talk about the time where he was the manager of Keanu Reeves' band, Dog Star. Okay, that's <laughs> let's leave it. Let's leave it right there. That's it. We'll leave it right there. No uh, go to <laughs> go to heffernandreed.com for our dates. I got uh, some coming up here in November. This Thursday, Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, um, go there. There's all the dates for John. He's places. I'm yep. places. Alonzo's places. We're yeah. all places. Uh, Alonzo, you what's your website? Directly, My name, alonzoboden.com. There you um, go. Soon. Uh, me and Reap will get a, a P.O. box where if you really want to talk shit to us, you have to physically send us a letter uh, that we won't open because it'll be it'll probably have race anthrax. Yeah. yeah, anthrax. So we're not going to open it. So don't don't send it to our <laughs> fake P.O. box. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy exactly. Halloween. Watch <laughs> Sex Education. Since you love the Heffron and Reap show, please go to iTunes and let them know. Rank the show and leave a comment. We don't care what you write, you know. They Heffron and Reap have low self-esteem. So please validate them by ranking them and making them seen. So no matter